Section 87 of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume 1. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part 87. The diet of the street children is, in some cases, an alternation of surfeit and inanition, more especially that of the stripling, who is on his own hook. If money be unexpectedly attained, a boy will gorge himself with such dainties as he loves. If he earn no money, he will fast all day patiently enough, perhaps drinking profusely of water. A cake-seller told me that, a little while before I saw him, a lad of twelve or so had consumed a shilling's worth of cakes and pastry, as he had got a shilling by fiddling, not, it be understood, by the exercise of any musical skill, for fiddling among the initiated means the holding of horses or the performing of any odd jobs. Of these cakes and pastry, the cakes being from two to twelve a penny, and the pastry, tarts, and coventries, note three-cornered tarts, end note, to a penny, the street urchins are very fond. To me, they seemed to possess no recommendation either to the nose or the palate. The strong flavour of these preparations is, in all probability, as grateful to the palate of an itinerant youth, as is the high goot of the grouse or the woodcock, to the fashionable epicure. In this respect, as in others which I have pointed out, the extremes of society meet. These remarks apply far more to the male than to the female children. Some of the street boys will walk a considerable distance when they are in funds to buy pastry of the Jew boys in the Minories, Houndsditch, and Whitechapel, those keen traders being reputed, and no doubt with truth, to supply the best cakes and pastry of any. A more staple article of diet, which yet partakes of the character of a dainty, is in great demand by the class I treat of, pudding. A halfpenny or a pennyworth of baked plum, boiled plum, or plum duff, currant, or plum batter, batter pudding studded with raisins, is often a dinner. This pudding is almost always bought in the shops. Indeed, in a street apparatus there could hardly be the necessary heat diffused over the surface required, and, as I have told of a distance being travelled to buy pastry of the Jew boys, so is it traversed to buy pudding at the best shops. The proprietor of one of those shops, upon whom I called to make inquiries, told me that he sold about three hundred pennyworths of pudding in a day. Two-thirds of this quantity he sold to juveniles under fifteen years of age, but he hadn't noticed particularly, and so could only guess. This man, when he understood the object of my inquiry, insisted upon my tasting his batter, which really was very good, and tasted, I do not know how otherwise to describe it, honest, his profits were not large, he said, and judging from the size and quality of his oblong halfpenny and pennyworths of batter pudding, I have no doubt he stated the fact. There's many a poor man and woman, he said, aye, sir, and some, that you would think from their appearance might go to an eating-house to dine, make a meal off my pudding, as well as the street little ones. The boys are often tiresome. Master, they'll say, can't you give us a plummier bit than this? Or, is it just up? I likes it hot, all hot. The baked tater from the street dealer's can 
more frequently than from the shops, is another enjoyable portion of the street child's diet. Of the sale to the juvenile population of pickled whelks, stewed eels, oysters, boiled meat puddings, and other articles of street traffic, I have spoken under their respective heads. The Irish children who live with their parents fare as the parents fare. If very poor, or if bent upon saving for some purpose, their diet is tea and bread and butter, or bread without butter. If not so very poor, still tea and so on, but sometimes with a little fish, and sometimes with a piece of meat on Sundays. But the Sunday's meat is more common among the poor English than the poor Irish street traders. Indeed, the English street traders generally live better than the Irish. The Costa boys often fare well and abundantly. The children living in the lodging-houses, I am informed, generally partake only of such meals as they can procure abroad. Sometimes of a night they may partake of the cheap beef or mutton, purveyed by some inmate who has been lifting flesh, note, stealing meat, end note, or sawney, note, bacon, end note. Vegetables, excepting the baked potato, they rarely taste. Of animal food, perhaps, they partake more of bacon, and relish it the most. Drinking is not, from what I can learn, common among the street boys. The thieves are generally sober fellows, and of the others, when they are in luck, a half-pint of beer to relish the bread and saveloy of the dinner, and a pennyworth of gin to keep the cold out, are often the extent of the potations. The exceptions are among the ignorant Costa lads, who, when they have been prosperous in their bunts, drink and ape the vices of men. The girls, I am told, are generally fonder of gin than the boys. Elder wine and ginger beer are less popular among children than they used to be. Many of the lads smoke. The amusements of the street children are such as I have described in my account of the costermongers, but in a moderate degree, as those who partake with the greatest zest of such amusements as the penny gaff, penny theatre, and the tuppenny hop, dance, are more advanced in years. Many of the penny gaffs, however, since I last wrote on the subject, have been suppressed, and the tuppenny hops are not half so frequent as they were five or six years back. The Jew boys of the streets play at draughts or dominoes, in coffee-houses which they frequent. In one, in the London Road, at which I had occasion to call, were eight of these urchins thus occupied, and they play for money or its equivalent. But these sedentary games obtain little among the other and more restless street lads. I believe that not one half of them know the cards but they are fond of gambling at pitch and toss, for halfpennies or farthings. The clothing of the street children, however it may vary in texture, fashion, and colour, has one pervading characteristic. It is never made for the wearers. The exceptions to this rule seem to be those where a child has run away, and retains, through good fortune or natural acuteness, the superior attire he wore before he made the choice, if choice he had, 
of a street life and where the pride of a mother whose costermonger husband is getting on clothes little jack or bill in a new sunday suit even then the suit is more likely to be bought ready-made than made to measure nor is it worn in business hours until the gloss of novelty has departed the boys and girls wear every variety of clothing it is often begged but if bought it is bought from the fusty stocks of old clothes in petticoat and rosemary lanes these rags are worn by the children as long as they will hold or can be tied or pinned together and when they drop off from continued wear from dirt and from the ravages of vermin the child sets his wits to work to procure more one mode of obtaining a fresh supply is far less available than it was three or four years back this was for the lads to denude themselves of their rags and tearing them up in the casual ward of a workhouse as it were compel the parish officers to provide them with fresh apparel this mode may be successful in parts of the country still but it is not so or to a very limited extent in town the largest and what was accounted by the vagrants the most liberal of all the casual wards of the metropolitan workhouses that of marylebone has been closed above two years so numerous were the applicants for admission and so popular among the vagrants was marylebone workhouse that a fever resulted and attacked that large establishment it was not uncommon for the irish who trudged up from liverpool to be advised by some london vagrant whom they met to go at once when they reached the capital to marylebone workhouse and that the irishman might not forget a name that was new to him his friendly adviser would write it down for him and a troop of poor wretched irish children with parents as wretched would go to marylebone workhouse and in their ignorance or simplicity present the address which had been given to them as if it were a regular order for admission boys have sometimes committed offences that they might get into prison and as they contrived that their apparel should be unfit for purposes of decency or perhaps their rags had become unfit to wear they could not be sent naked into the streets again and so had clothing given to them a shirt will be worn by one of those wretched urchins without washing until it falls asunder and many have no shirts the girls are on the whole less ragged than the boys the most disgusting parts of their persons or apparel i speak here more of the vagrant or the mixed vagrant trading and selling girl often a child prostitute than of the regular street seller the worst particular of these girls appearance i repeat is in their foul and matted hair which looks as if it would defy sponge comb and brush to purify it and in the broken and filthy boots and stockings which they never seem to button or to garter the propensities of the street children are the last division of my inquiry and an ample field is presented alike for wonder disgust pity hope and regret perhaps the most remarkable characteristic of these wretched children is their extraordinary licentiousness nothing can well exceed the extreme animal fondness for the opposite sex which prevails amongst them 
some rather singular circumstances connected with this subject have come to my knowledge and from these facts it would appear that the age of puberty or something closely resembling it may be attained at a much less numerical amount of years than that at which most writers upon the human species have hitherto fixed it probably such circumstances as the promiscuous sleeping together of both sexes the example of the older persons indulging in the grossest immorality in the presence of the young and the use of obscene expressions may tend to produce or force an unnatural precocity a precocity sure to undermine health and shorten life jealousy is another characteristic of these children and perhaps less among the girls than the boys upon the most trivial offence in this respect or on the suspicion of an offence the gals are sure to be beaten cruelly and savagely by their chaps this appears to be a very common case the details of filthiness and of all uncleanness which i gave in a recent number as things of course in certain lodging-houses render it unnecessary to dwell longer upon the subject and it is one from which i willingly turn to other matters in addition to the licentious the vagabond propensities of this class are very striking as soon as the warm weather commences boys and girls but more especially boys leave the town in shoals traversing the country in every direction some furnished with trifling articles such as i have already enumerated to sell and others to begging lurking or thieving it is not the street sellers who so much resort to the tramp as those who are devoid of the commonest notions of honesty a quality these young vagrants sometimes respect when in fear of a jail and the hard work with which such a place is identified in their minds and to which with the peculiar idiosyncrasy of a roving race they have an insuperable objection i have met with boys and girls however to whom a jail had no terrors and to whom when in prison there was only one dread and that a common one among the ignorant whether with or without any sense of religion superstition i lay in prison of a night sir said a boy who was generally among the briskest of his class and think i shall see things the things represent the vague fears which many not naturally stupid but untaught or ill-taught persons entertain in the dark a girl a perfect termagant in the breaking of windows and such-like offences told me something of the same kind she spoke well of the treatment she experienced in prison and seemed to have a liking for the matron and officials her conduct there was quiet and respectful i believe she was not addicted to drink many of the girls as well as the boys of course trade as they tramp they often sell both in the country and in town little necklaces composed of red berries strung together upon thick thread for dolls and children and although i have asked several of them i have never yet found one who collected the berries and made the necklaces themselves neither have i met with a single instance in which the girl vendors knew the name of the berries thus used nor indeed even that they were berries the invariable reply to my questions upon this point has been that they 
are called necklaces that they are just as they sell them to us that they don't know whether they are made or whether they grow and in most cases that they gets them in london by shoreditch although in one case a little brown-complexioned girl with bright sparkling eyes said that she got them from the gypsies at first i fancied from this child's appearance that she was rather superior in intellect to most of her class but i soon found that she was not a whit above the others unless indeed it were in the possession of the quality of cunning some of the boys on their country excursions trade in dominoes they carry a variety of boxes each differing in size and varying accordingly in price the lowest priced boxes are mostly sixpence each sometimes fourpence or even threepence the highest one shilling an informant told me that these boxes are charged to him at the rate of twenty to twenty-five per cent less but if as is commonly the case he could take a number at a time he would have them at a smaller price still they are very rudely made and soon fall to pieces unless handled with extreme care most of the boys who vend this article play at the game themselves and some with skill but in every case i believe there is a willingness to cheat or take advantage which is hardly disguised one boy told me candidly that those who make the most money are considered to be the cleverest whether by selling or cheating or both at the game nor can it be said that this estimation of cleverness is peculiar to these children at this season of the year great numbers of the street children attend the races in different parts of the country more especially at those in the vicinity of a large town the racecourse of wolverhampton for instance is usually thronged with them during the period of the sport while taking these peregrinations they sometimes sleep in the low lodging-houses with which most of our provincial towns abound frequently skipper it in the open air when the weather is fine and warm and occasionally in barns or outhouses attached to farms and cottages sometimes they travel in couples a boy and a girl or two boys or two girls but the latter is not so common a case as either of the former it is rare that more than two may be met in company with each other except indeed of a night and then they usually herd together in numbers the boys who carry dominoes sometimes also have a sheet of paper for sale on which is rudely printed a representation of a draught board and men the latter of which are of two colours black and white and may be cut out with a pair of scissors thus forming a ready means of playing a game so popular in rustic places these sheets of paper are sold if no more can be got for them at a penny each the boy who showed them to me said he gave a halfpenny apiece for them or sixpence for fifteen he said he always bought them in london and that he did not know any other place to get them at nor had ever heard of any talk of their being bought nowhere else the extraordinary lasciviousness of this class which i have already mentioned appears to continue to mark their character during their vagabondizing career in the country as fully as in town indeed an informant upon whom i think i may rely says that the nightly scenes of youthful or even childish profligacy in the low lodging-houses of the small provincial towns quite equal even if they do not exceed those which may be witnessed in the metropolis itself 
towards the approach of winter these children like the vagrants of an older growth advance towards london some remain in the larger towns such as liverpool manchester birmingham sheffield and so on but the greater proportion appear to return to the metropolis where they resume the life they had previously led anything but improved in education morals manners or social position generally by their summer's excursion the language spoken by this rambling class is peculiar in its construction it consists of an odd medley of cockneyfied english rude provincialisms and a large proportion of the slang commonly used by gypsies and other travellers in conveying their ideas to those whom they wish to purchase their commodities among the propensities of the street boys i do not think that pugnacity or a fondness or even a great readiness for fighting is a predominant element gambling and thieving may be rife among a class of these poor wretches and it may not unfrequently happen that force is resorted to by one boy bigger than another to obtain the half-pence of which the smaller child is known to be possessed thus quarrels among them are very frequent but they rarely lead to fighting even in the full swing and fury of their jealousy it does not appear that these boys attack the object of their suspicions but prefer the less hazardous course of chastising the delinquent or unjustly suspected girl the girls in the low lodging-houses i was told a little time since by a woman who used to frequent them sometimes not often scratched one another until the two had bloody faces and they tried to bite one another now and then but they seldom fought what was this poor woman's notion of a fight between two girls it may not be very easy to comprehend the number of children out daily in the streets of london employed in the various occupations i have named together with others which may possibly have been overlooked including those who beg without offering any article for sale those who will work as light porters as errand boys and the like for chance passengers has been variously calculated probably nothing like exactitude can be hoped for much less expected in such a speculation for when a government census has been so frequently found to fail in correctness of detail it appears highly improbable that the number of those so uncertain in their places of resort and so migratory in their habits can be ascertained with anything like a definite amount of certainty by a private individual taking the returns of accommodation afforded to these children in the casual wards of workhouses refuges for the destitute and homeless poor of the mendicity and other societies of a similar description and those of our hospitals and jails and these sources of information upon this subject can alone be confidently relied upon and then taking into the calculation the additional numbers who pass the night in the variety of ways i have already enumerated i think it will be found that the number of boys and girls selling in the streets of this city and often dependent upon their own exertions for the commonest necessaries of life may be estimated at some thousands but nearer ten thousand than twenty thousand the consideration which i have devoted to this branch of my subject has been considerable 
but still not in my own opinion commensurate to the importance of its nature steps ought most unquestionably to be taken to palliate the evils and miseries i have pointed out even if a positive remedy be indeed impossible each year sees an increase of the numbers of street children to a very considerable extent and the exact nature of their position may be thus briefly depicted what little information they receive is obtained from the worst class from cheats vagabonds and rogues what little amusement they indulge in springs from sources the most poisonous the most fatal to happiness and welfare what little they know of a home is necessarily associated with much that is vile and base their very means of existence uncertain and precarious as it is is to a great extent identified with petty chicanery which is quickly communicated by one to the other while their physical sufferings from cold hunger exposure to the weather and other causes of a similar nature are constant and at times extremely severe thus every means by which a proper intelligence may be conveyed to their minds is either closed or at the least tainted while every duct by which a bad description of knowledge may be infused is sedulously cultivated and enlarged parental instruction the comforts of a home however humble the great moral truths upon which society itself rests the influence of proper example the power of education the effect of useful amusement are all denied to them or come to them so greatly vitiated that they rather tend to increase than to repress the very evils they were intended to remedy the costas invariably say that no persons under the age of fifteen should be allowed by law to vend articles in the streets the reason they give for this is this that the children under that period of life having fewer wants and requiring less money to live than those who are older will sell at a less profit than it is fair to expect the articles sold should yield and thus they tersely conclude they prevents others living and ruins themselves. there probably is truth in this remark and i must confess that for the sake of the children themselves i should have no objection to see the suggestion acted upon and yet there immediately rises the plain yet startling question in such a case what is to become of the children i now cite the histories of street lads belonging to the several classes above specified as illustrations of the truth of the statements advanced concerning the children street sellers generally End of section 87